Philippians chapter 2. He says this, and it's got everything to do with mission. Have a listen to these words. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and a twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I, Paul, may be proud that I did not run in vain or labour in vain. I'm sure you've all heard of the Grinch who stole, stole Christmas, right? No? Alright. He was a mean old Grinch who lived on top of a mountain and he didn't want people to enjoy Christmas. So he came down the mountain and stole Christmas. I'm not going to go into that because I've got more important things to talk about. I want to ask you the question this morning, are you perhaps a believer here this morning who steals the light? Now, you might say to me, well, can't you but be a bit more positive, Cal? We can speak about things positive. Are you a believer who steals the light? What do I mean by that? You see, what the Lord is pointing us to in this passage is that there is a way that we can act which steals the light from others. Here is how we go about stealing the light. Verse 14 says, Do all things without grumbling, without disputing. Well, all things means all things, right? The way I drive, the way I serve my family, the way I take the kids to school every day, same old routine. Do I grumble about it? Is there discontent in my life? Lord, do I really have to be married to this guy for the rest of my life? You know? It's real. If only I had a better job which paid better. The Israelites were guilty of this. They were traipsing through the desert and they were eating quail and quail and quail and manna and quail. And they said, you know, if we could only have stayed in Egypt, we could have eaten from those beautiful garlic pots, lots of veggies in there. They were grumbling in their hearts. It's an internal thing. Grumbling. There's a classic story of a little boy at school and he wouldn't sit down. He was a really self-willed little boy, but in the end the teacher got him to sit down and so he blurted out, on the outside I may be sitting down, but on the inside I'm still standing up. You see, sometimes our attitudes are a bit like that as believers. We go through life and we're always grumbling on the inside. If we don't deal with it, it results in the next thing that he mentions there. It will, it will result in disputing or questioning. And it's not any old questioning here. It's a questioning of God, if you're a believer. You see, that same question, why do I have to be... I'm married to the same guy all the time, grumble, grumble. Lord, why? If only I'd followed a career, I didn't have to traipse these kids up and down to school every single day doing the same old thing. Lord, why did I have to do this? You see where it leads to? If we don't deal with the grumbling, if we don't deal with it, it becomes a questioning of God. And if we leave it at that, it becomes an external questioning of God. Others start noticing that we are discontented, that we are questioning God in public. And we start stealing the light that way. 
He says here, do all things without grumbling and disputing. Why? Verse 14, 15 rather, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish. In another version you'd read, so that you would prove yourselves blameless, innocent or pure and children of God above reproach. You see, we are to do all things without grumbling and disputing because it's showing the fruits of something else. We are to be blameless before God. Has God really changed you inside? Are you blameless before Him when it comes to your position before Him? Because it will have an effect in the way that you live. Are you, you will prove yourself innocent or pure if you do not grumble and dispute. What do I mean by that? Well, the original here speaks about an unadulterated, an unmixed with. Used in wine. You see, in the days in, in uh, the New Testament, they would often mix wine with water. Water with wine. It would make it stretch further and then the alcohol didn't quite get your head as quickly. But it was mixed. And if you know anything about the water, those days, it wasn't very good to drink. You'd get really sick sometimes. And here he's saying, you will prove yourself, if you live in this way, you will prove yourself innocent or pure before the Lord. Unmixed with evil. And not just that, you will prove yourselves children of God above reproach. Now the first two, blameless and innocent, were to do with in front of the, of the Lord. But this next bit, children of God above reproach, is before the world. The world will look at you and they will not be able to point their fingers at you and say, you see, another Christian. I don't want to be like Christians. Because they're hypocrites. That's where it comes from, you see. We haven't lived in a way that shows that God has done an amazing job inside of us. And so, by doing that, we are stealing the light. Because it carries on, verse 15, you are to, if you live in this way, you are to appear as stars, is the real word used there. It's not just light, it is as bright shining stars among this crooked and perverse generation. That is the difference that will come out. If you live in this God-honoring way, your life will shine as stars among a crooked and perverse generation. The word crooked and perverse is speaking about, the word crooked is morally warped from birth. Without Jesus Christ, people are morally warped from birth. There is no hope for them without Jesus Christ. They are filled with sin. I'm not saying it. God's Word says it. Genesis. And the sad thing is that that leads to a constant twisting away from the light. They are not just crooked, but they are perverse generation. You see, Scripture talks about Men know the light, they see the light, but they would rather walk in darkness because they like their dark deeds, says John in John chapter 3. The light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light. You see, the world is perverse. They don't want to know about God by nature. And that is why you and I need to be coming in with the bright shining light of not just our examples in our lives, but there's something more powerful that we come with. And what is that? The message of the gospel. And that is where verse, the next verse, section of the verse comes in. We are to shine, verse 16, holding fast and holding forth the word of life. 
You see, our examples can be great in this world. They can start showing light. But if we do not proclaim the gospel message, then that's where it ends. We've got to live the light, but we need to also proclaim the light. And that's why the original there says, hold on to this word, but the original says, hold on and hold out the word. While I'm holding on to the word, I'm holding it out at the same time. I'm holding on to the word because I need to build my life on God's word. The light needs to come into my life, it needs to transform my life, but at the same time, I need to hold out that word. That word which gives life which brings light into darkness. Do you see what this verse is saying to us? Are you and I constantly proclaiming Jesus Christ, not just through the examples of our lives, through our not grumbling about everything, through our not questioning the Lord about everything? Do they see it in our blameless lives before them? They can't point a finger at us because they've seen us maybe in business taking shortcuts. Maybe not paying our taxes. I know I always say that one. But few people jump through that loop. The world sees and they say, if that is a Christian, I don't want it. And we've stolen the light. And so you and I, we're about our local mission work by our everyday lives. Sean and Tash and these people go to Nepal or Nepal, whatever you said. They go out. We have Samuel Dice in India. We have... Iasu in Ethiopia, they're all doing the same work. They're out there. But we are local missionaries here. We take out the gospel every single day as we interact with school kids, with the parents at school, with our colleagues, with our customers at, our, at the coffee shop. We are interacting and showing lights. But are we? Now here's the crunch. Are you a light grinch? How do you ask? Well, I'll tell you, there's two ways. If you proclaim the gospel, but you're a bad example, then you've stolen the light. I'll repeat that. If you proclaim the gospel, and you can do that beautifully, with little diagrams, they understand it beautifully. But if your life doesn't back up that gospel, you've stolen the light. They won't believe it. The other way around too. You might be the best example in this world. You might help every single poor person that you come across. You might go to far-flung countries and give all kinds of aid. You might build houses till you're blue in the face. But if you are, do not present the gospel message at some stage, then there's no light. You've stolen it. That's what this passage is about. It's about mission. It's about local mission. It's about mission wherever we go in this life. And my question to you and I is this. Are you a light grinch? You see, if we live obedient lives before the Lord, He will do this through us. If we live obedient lives before the Lord in our attitudes, we are not grumbling about things. We are not questioning God on whatever comes across our lives. And I was, I was really blown away by their testimony. Six-year-old Christians. An abduction in the middle of that. And yet they are following the Lord. That's inspirational for me. You see, if we live in this way, live obedient lives to the Lord, we do not question Him when these things come across. And humanly, yes, we can ask those superficial questions 
of him because sometimes we don't understand and we want to know, but don't raise your fist at the same time. Ask God in humility and then wait on his answer. And then serve him obediently. And if you do, you will be not just holding on to the life, but holding it out. And I want to put a final challenge to you on this topic this morning. If you are not holding on to the gospel, if you are not spending time in the word, if you are not allowing the word to permeate into your life, to change you, what are you going to hold out? What? We need to be spending time in God's word so that our lives will shine out Jesus Christ. It will be a natural result of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. And He will reach others. Whether we are in Wanganui or Wangamamana or in the furthest fields in this world, it's the same thing. Good example with the gospel is what Christ is calling for. Can we do it on our own? Never. Never. Through His Holy Spirit, everything is possible. We can have power-filled lives if we would only be obedient to Him. Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. Thank You that we can keep our eyes wide. That as we look at the world, we see the need of those around us. We can hear from India what the need is of those people who are going hungry without um, having any source of income. Lord, thank you that we can be a part of providing for that. But Lord, help us to be faithful in our everyday walks before you here at home so that you can use us too as lights shining brightly before a dark world. May we shine out as diamonds shining brightly against the dark background as stars among a crooked and perverse generation who do not want you who are twisting away from you daily. May we see the loss of lost people. May it hit our hearts and may you through your Holy Spirit help us to meet that need as we live lives worthy of Jesus Christ, the one who died for us, who gave all so that we could live. Use us, we pray. Amen.